welcome to General Conference Conversations, where we have conversations about General Conference. I'm your host, Kaylin, and I'm super excited to be here with you studying the words of Christ's chosen leaders. I hope you enjoy. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of General Conference Conversations. <clears throat> I'm going to apologize in advance. I have frog in my throat this morning so if I clear my throat a lot I'm really sorry <clears throat> hopefully I can kind of get it out of the way but today we are talking about Sister Yee's talk Kristen M. Yee from Saturday afternoon session and this is a really beautiful talk um, <clears throat> and if I am remembering correctly I believe this is first Sister Yi's first time speaking general conference, but don't quote me on that because I didn't I didn't check that beforehand. But um, she's a second counselor in the Relief Society General Presidency, and her talks all about forgiveness, um, <clears throat> and the way she talks about it is really a really beautiful and really very gentle and full of kind of reverence and love for forgiveness. So as usual, I encourage you to listen to or read the talk, this talk before you come listen to me talk about it um, to get your own. <clears throat> personal revelation and questions and find what you need to find before you listen to me ramble about all of my stories. And I have quite a few today. Um, well, I guess not quite a few. I have one very particular one that I'll get to in a bit. But her talk is called Beauty for Ashes, The Healing Path of Forgiveness. And she starts out by talking about a story in 1 Samuel um, that I'm, I'm not familiar with. <clears throat> she calls it a lesser known story of David, um, which would explain like it's just not, it's not, as well known. Um, so I'll try to recap it a little bit, make sure I hopefully I get all the details correct. Um, after Samuel died, David and his men went away, um, like left King Saul because Saul was trying to kill David. And they were providing, they were basically shepherds for the flocks and servants of a wealthy man named Nabal. And David sent some of his men to go to Nabal and request some food and supplies that they needed. And Nabal was not a very nice dude. And he thought, and he, he responded with insult and he sent them away. David was offended and he decided that he was going to go up and attack Nabal and a servant, one of the servants told Nabal's wife, Abigail, about what her husband had done and she immediately gathered a bunch of supplies and went down to him and was like, I'm so, so sorry for, you know, for everything that's happened, you know, take it on me, you know, take it out on my husband. Um, you know, here's all the supplies that you need. You can take it out on me. And David was very impressed and 
he said, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, which sent thee this day to meet me, and blessed be thy advice, and blessed be thou, which hast kept me from this kept me this day from coming to shed blood and from avenging myself with mine own hand. And so <clears throat> Sister Yu goes on to talk about how Abigail can be seen as a powerful type of Christ, that she was willing and able to put herself between her husband and David and um, take upon him her iniquities and say, hey, I did it. And also, um, to bless him with the food that he actually needed. Um, and she says, he made way for us to let go, the savior, savior made way for us to let go of a vengeful heart. That way is through forgiving, which can be one of the most difficult things we ever do and one of the most divine things we ever experience. And then she quotes President Nelson. Um, and she says, President Russell M. Nelson has taught us that the Savior offers us the, the ability to forgive. Through his infinite atonement, you can forgive those who have hurt you and who may never accept responsibility for their cruelty to you. It is usually easy to forgive one who sincerely, sincerely and humbly seeks your forgiveness, but the Savior will grant, will grant you the ability to forgive anyone who has mistreated you in any way then their hurtful acts can no longer canker your soul. And that I think is the most amazing thing about the atonement for me. I mean, there's a lot of amazing things about the atonement. I shouldn't say that's the most amazing thing because all of the atonement is amazing. But the fact that he gives us power to not only be forgiven, but to forgive and to rid ourselves as as president nelson says a canker to our soul that we don't have to hold on to that anymore and it's not an easy thing um obviously and it doesn't happen overnight and the lord knows it's not going to happen overnight but the fact that we can do that at all that even if that person never accepted what they did to you never accepted the responsibility never apologized, never nothing, that you can still let go of that through through the atonement. Um, as she goes on to say a little bit later, um, well, she talks about um, the I, the Lord, will forgive whom I will forgive, but of you it is required to forgive all men. And then she says, the Lord requires us to forgive for our own good, but he does not ask us to do it without his help, his love, his understanding. Through our covenants with the Lord, we can each receive the strengthening power, guidance, and the help we need to both forgive and to be forgiven. And I just, I love that, like the, the two sides of that coin that, <clears throat> as I was just saying, there's more to the atonement than just forgiven forgiveness of sins, um, which obviously is a big, massive part of it. <laughs> like that's the whole reason it was even performed was for us to not die a spiritual death and for us to not die a physical death that we will be resurrected one day. But also 
the very huge part of it that Christ now knows us so, so well, probably better than we know ourselves. <laughs> and he understands what we're going through and what we're feeling and can give us strength and hope to move past that pain and not have to hold on to that and have to have cause it physical harm because holding on to those, I don't say grudges because that sounds like very flippant, but holding on to that pain and not having anywhere to just let it go, not having anybody to, to, to give it to can cause us physical harm. I know this very well. <laughs> holding on to things is not, is not healthy. Um, and the fact that, you know, not only did God give us the ability to be forgiven and to to repent of our sins, but he also gave us the amazing opportunity to be healed of everything all of the pain and suffering that we go through. I'll probably gush a lot about the atonement this talk because I love the atonement and I love talking about forgiveness. Anyway, so <clears throat> she also makes very clear that forgiving someone does not mean that you put yourself in a position that you're gonna get hurt again. And I love, a lot of general authorities have said this in talks about forgiveness, especially in the last few years I've noticed, you know, they'll talk about forgiveness and the need to forgive and that kind of thing but they're very very clear about you know if it's an abusive situation if it's not a good person or situation to have in your life that's your call and you can judge that for yourself whether that person or that situation or whatever it may be needs to be in your life or not or even should be in your life or not <clears throat> And that's sometimes hard for people to wrap their head around. Sometimes we don't we don't talk about that when we talk about forgiveness. Um, that that doesn't mean that you automatically have to let the person back into your life, especially if it's something like an abusive relationship or something that is causing you physical emotional harm, um, and they're not going to change. Um, even if they do change, like that's not something that you need to put yourself through and, I don't, and God doesn't expect you to. Um, but as President Nelson said before, even if that person has never taken responsibility, even that person never apologizes, you still have that power to forgive them and let it be and let it go. Um, which I think is beautiful. And I love that they always mention that. That is always a caveat of like, if it's hurting you, it does not mean that you need to go back to that. But for yourself, you can let it go. So, she goes on to talk about um, her experiences as a child with her father. <clears throat> that she um emotional and verbal mistreatment is what she calls it and she resented her father because of that hurt um which is fair 
So she says, over the years and in my effort to find peace and healing on the path of forgiveness, I came to realize in a profound way the same son of God who atoned for my sins is the same redeemer who will also save those who have deeply hurt me. I could not truly believe the first truth without believing the second. Which is like a knife to the gut. Like I'm sitting here just like, oh, because it's so hard when you've been hurt by someone and you just want them to like feel the pain that you feel and feel the anger and the hurt and to be punished for what they did. That's a very normal human emotion, revenge, <laughs> even if it's not like, I'm going to go kill them, but like, you just, that anger and that hurt, right? And to accept that not only does the Savior love them an absolutely ridiculous amount, more than you can ever possibly understand, he also died for them in the same way that he died for you. And that that he found them worthy of saving. He found them worthy of sacrifice. Um, seeing people in a complex way and not just the one thing that you see all the time. I'm not saying that to discredit, you know, people's experiences with abuse. I have very close friends who have experienced that and I know the mental and emotional and physical toll that that, that trauma brings. I've seen it with my own eyes and it is nothing to scoff at and it is nothing. President Nelson, literally two episodes ago, we talked about his what is true talk and he condemned abuse with probably strong, strongest language I've ever heard President Nelson use. And in the most serious tone. Um, and it can be incredibly, incredibly difficult to to see the person who hurt you as a human being, as someone with galaxies inside them that you can't ever understand. Um, and to accept that even the person who hurt you the most, even the people who you hate, for lack of a better word, is going to be saved, was saved, was a sacrifice for. Um, but that is such a an important part of understanding the atonement as well, and it's understanding the gospel of Christ. It, something similar it, as I was missionary and I talked about this I think a couple episodes ago the incredible power that I was given as a missionary to see God's children through his eyes and to see how much even if it was just a fraction of how much, much because I'm a mere mortal and will not ever be able to understand how incredibly deeply he loves his children, but even just to see just a tiny fraction of how much he loved them. And to feel that love for me in return was, I knew that one couldn't exist without the other. 
that if he loved them that much, then he must love me that much. And if he loved me that much, they must he must love them that much. And that's still really hard to understand. It's still really hard to remember when somebody is rude to me, when someone just does something that just sets my teeth on edge and I just want to yell and scream and tear my hair out. It's really hard to remember that. But it's so freeing at the same time. Because, this is something I was going to mention a little bit later. Um, with a different quote, but I'll talk about it now a little bit. Something, oh no, I lost my train of thought. Maybe I'm going to listen to it later. Or I'm going to talk about it later. Juju, so freeing. It's very freeing. Yeah, I'm not sure where I was going with that. It will come back to me later because I know that it had something to do with another quote that I was going. Anyway, so she also talks about um, compensatory blessings. She's still talking about her dad. And she says, The Lord has sent me compensatory blessings just as Abigail brought what David needed. He sent me mentors into my life. And sweetest and most transformative of all, he has been my relation. All has been my relationship with my heavenly Father. Through him, I've I've gratefully known the gentle, protective, and guiding love of a perfect Father. And she also talks about how her father has also had a change of heart and has turned to the Lord. But that um, he also, he gave her things that kind of made up for, which sounds weird, but as she said, compensatory blessings. I like that phrase. Um, that kind of made up for the lack of a sturdy father figure in her life on earth through mentors and through relationship with Heavenly Father himself. So, I'm trying to find the part where the title of the talk comes in, Beauty for Ashes, and now I can't find it. Do, 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 do. It's from Isaiah. And it's a beautiful, beauty for ashes. Okay, it is in the next quote. I just couldn't see it. Okay. <laughs> so a little bit later on, she's talking about forgiveness, obviously. Duh. She says, on the path of forgiveness and healing lies a choice not to perpetuate unhealthy patterns or relationships in our, in our families or elsewhere. To all within our influence, we can offer kindness for cruelty, love for hate, gentleness for abrasiveness, safety for distress, and peace for contention. 
to give what you have been denied is a powerful part of divine healing possible through faith in Jesus Christ. To live in such a way that you give, as Isaiah had said, beauty for the ashes of your life is an, an act of faith that follows the supreme example of a savior who suffered all that he might succor all. I think that's a beautiful, as I said, a beautiful analogy, a beautiful way of putting that, that you give beauty for the ashes that you have received. And that's also a really hard thing, <laughs> a really hard thing to do is to not want to give it back. It's that revenge, that revenge need, right? That like need to retaliate and want them to feel the same things you're feeling. And I think the phrase, you know, kill them with kindness is cliche, but like it kind of comes into think here even if it's not you know killing with kindness the person that's hurting you but um to not perpetuate that hate to not pass that on to your children or other friends or family or whatever and to you know try to be better than than the people who came before you the people that treated you the way that they treated you and to give what you have been denied is a powerful part of divine healing possible through faith in Jesus Christ. That's such a beautiful sentence. To give what you have been denied. And this is where I was going to come in. And I'm still not sure how it connected. I don't remember my thought process earlier. But this is where it was going to come in. So as a missionary, um, I did some things I wasn't supposed to. I broke some mission rules and I got emergency transferred to a different area about halfway through transfer um, as kind of a punishment's not the right word, but as a consequence of my actions. So, um, and I've, I've, I've alluded to this a little bit before in talking about my experience. Um, but something that was really, really hard about that was our mission was very small and an ET and an emergency transfer was big gossip news in the mission, especially about why it had happened and what had prompted that consequence in the first place. And so a lot of people, I guess not a lot of people asked me but I knew that people were talking about me behind my back. And I knew that I knew that because they were talking to some of my former companions, asking them about it. And my former companions told me about it, been like, I, I didn't tell them anything. I didn't say anything. It's not their business, which I love. I dearly love my former companions. They are absolutely amazing. And I miss them dearly. But I was very well aware that people were talking about me and speculating about what had happened. So, and it was really rough for a really long time. Um, and I was put with an amazing companion at the time as well. And all of, my, all of my companions were fantastic. But she was really what I needed at that time. The Lord gives compensatory blessings, um, even to someone who had messed up so royally. And I worked really hard to gain the trust of my mission president back and my mission president's wife. And 
I don't remember what I sent them. I sent them a letter or something later on for Christmas or something like that. I don't remember what it was. Um, but I remember my major president's wife messaged me privately and was basically like, you're amazing. We're, you know, we never stopped, never, we never stopped loving you. We never thought any less of you. We never, you know, you've grown so much and it felt really good. But COVID happened and then I wasn't the thing that everybody was talking about anymore. <laughs> and a few months after COVID started, um, I feel like kind of all got into that like comfortable space again, where we were all kind of used to being COVID and somebody asked about me again. Um, and it just brought back all of that like fear and dread and all of the feelings I had felt, guilt, even though I had, like, I knew that I had repented, I knew that I had been forgiven and that my mission president and his wife were, you know, obviously they never lost the love for me. And my companions were amazing and they all understood and it was good. Like it was months, months after everything had happened and it came up again. And it was something that I had learned through all the other gossip and all the other everything was to let other people repent because I didn't feel like I was allowed to repent. I didn't think, I'd, it, it felt like people just couldn't let it go. That they, they wanted to know everything even though it really wasn't any of their business. And that's something that's still really hard for me. I still hold a lot of grudges <laughs> from my time as a missionary connected to that very um, emotional event as a missionary. Um, and so it is, it's, and I'm still working on this. <laughs> um, but I think that that's also a huge thing, as she's saying here, to give what you've been denied, that I, I went through that and I felt what it felt like for people to talk about me behind their back, behind my back, and to, you know, to assume things and at least... At least if they had talked to me, I would have been like, it's none of your business, please stop talking about me. I have a lot of emotions about this, as you can tell. But to feel like I wasn't allowed to move on because people just kept bringing it up. And so I learned, I kind of learned, <laughs> I know what it feels like to be gossiped about. I know what it feels like to feel rejected and talked about and just speculated about and thought less of because of something that I had done. And I try my hardest to not judge people on things that I don't know. Um, to either get the whole story or accept that it's none of my business. Um, and that's, I think that's also something that I think this is something we talk about a lot with trials is that, you know, we're often given trials so that we can help other people through their trials. I have anxiety 
and I have had many encounters with people who have also had anxiety, who have been able to help me and hopefully I can help them to understand their anxiety better. They help me to understand my anxiety better. And even if we don't, we just have someone to vent to who knows, who understands what it feels like to have anxiety. And same thing happened a lot on my mission um, with some things that happened on my home life. I had an MTC companion who had very similar things happen, who was able to come for me and tell me, you know, I know what you're going through, at least a little bit. Um, and that's just so, so, so powerful. <laughs> so powerful. So, <clears throat> I guess my question for you is kind of over the whole talk. It's not really about something in specific, like a specific quote or anything. But, um, how can you give beauty for ashes? I, I don't want to ask you how you can forgive because I think that's a very personal thing that you have to figure out for yourself. I have to figure out for myself. That doesn't take, it's not overnight. Um, it's a process that takes probably years. I mean, depending on what it is, right? I've been home for my mission for two years and I'm, oh, I'm so sorry. I kicked something and I'm still dealing with feelings and ickiness from my mission. Um, but how can you give beauty for ashes? How can you treat those around you better than you've been treated or in a way that you will want to be treated, right? That um, the golden rule, treat others how you want to be treated, right? <laughs> um, but how can you give beauty for ashes? How can you love and treat the people around you the way that the savior would and in ways that you may have been denied which is really sad but that's i want you to think about that how can you give beauty for ashes um the further reading i read, wrote down was there's a couple of talks well i have a story of abigail which is the one that she um talks about and quotes at the very beginning, which is in, let's see, I can, it's in 1 Samuel. It looks like 1 Samuel 20, chapter 25, but it has all of the footnotes in the talk. Also the story of Joseph, I didn't, um, read all of uh, any of his but she mentions the story of joseph um the 12 sons of israel joseph who got sold into slavery that guy um which she also talks about at the end there's also so the two talks one is they're not general conference talks one is um president nelson's talk from the First Presidency Christmas Devotional in 2018. It's four gifts that Jesus Christ offers you. Um, which the First Presidency Christmas Devotional is on Sunday, which is exciting if you're watching this before December... The December 
fourth, twenty twenty two is the uh, this year's Christmas devotional, and I forgot about it until my husband said something last night. I was like, oh yeah, it's the first Sunday of December. It's also a fast Sunday. Anyway, um, that was his his quote about forgiveness and through the the atonement we can forgive and be forgiven and then she also quotes a BYU devotional given by the president of BYU Kevin Worthen um oh Brigham Young University commencement address from April of 2019 called the why on the mountain and that's you can find that at the BYU speeches website. So if you're looking for more study on forgiveness and or wanting to know more about the stories that she talked about, those are good places to start. So I am so very grateful for my savior and for the power that he gives me to forgive even though it's really hard and I'm working on it every day. Um, but I, I'm grateful for the opportunity to forgive and to be forgiven. And that it, it really is a, a healing, a healing path for so many people. So, um, anyway, I'll talk to you guys next time. Thank you so much for listening to and or watching this episode of General Conference Conversations. Be sure to like and follow and share us on Facebook and Instagram. And if you like the show, please subscribe or leave a review and tell your friends and family. Also, a quick reminder that there is a physical study guide to go along with these videos. Uh, you can find that link in the description. Until next time.